1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a great day. And thank you so much to Pantheon Podcasts. Go and check them out for all of your musical podcast needs. Always growing, always adding new shows, and now with a new app. So go download that, and you'll have all those shows at your fingertips. On the show today, we have the singer of Simple Minds, Jim Kerr. I get to chat with Jim about the band's new album, Direction of the Heart, which drops on October 21st. We also talk about the key to the band's longevity. They've been doing this since 1977. And of course, I had to try and ask about their contribution to the Breakfast Club soundtrack, Don't You Forget About Me, a great story. So please help me in welcoming Jim Kerr.
2: Don't you ever stop. Now it's all or nothing, cause, listen, you follow me, you follow me, and I, I, I
1: follow you, what can you do, do, what can you do, Jim Kerr, Simple Minds, I, I, this is such a, uh, a treat for me, I've, I've I know your music, I was, about the time you guys were, um hitting your peak in your heyday, I was about two or three. So obviously, uh, I don't (laughs) know, years. So obviously you resonate with me in a big way. But as someone who does this show to like look back on music, as well as discover new music, like I really love getting to chat with people like you who might not otherwise come on my radar. So thanks for taking the time to be here. My pleasure, Corey. Where do we find you right now?
3: I'm in the south of France, I'm in Nice, and obviously end of August, this is the peak period. I don't live here, I live in Italy, but I have friends here and our tour just finished a few days ago. And um, it's quite a nice part of the world here just now. So I I came, I'd already arranged to have a visit and then they said to me last week, you got to do all this American, promo stuff and i said well maybe there's a nice little studio in nice and lo and behold there was and there is and
1: so that's where i'm speaking to you from i think your audio might sound better than mine so thank you for that good 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 stuff. <laughs> um so we've got the new album It's direction <clears throat> of the heart it's coming out october 21st a lot of interesting stuff as i was kind of taking the weekend to both listen to it and read about how this album came together Um, One of the things that I think was really interesting is we shared an experience, obviously not knowing each other, in 2019. We both had the passing of a parent. Um, Music greatly helped me through that. Um, And obviously it sounds like you've kind of leaned on that yourself, um, especially for the song Vision Thing. And I'm just kind of wondering if you could kind of talk about that a little bit, especially the lyrical side of putting that song together and just how that experience with the passing of your father or your best friend i think as you kindly um call him and and how that kind of helped shape this album sure well first uh, offer my condolence to you
3: you're a younger guy than thank you than me i i i uh i had my parents around for quite a time um so um as i say condolence to you but yes dad i mean <clears throat> I was going to say overshadowed it certainly we were just we were just getting started yeah. uh, writing the songs the initial songs of the new album direction of the heart and we were set up kind of in my little home studio in glasgow dad lived nearby and he hadn't been feeling great but there was nothing too alarming about it and then a few checkups and then the news got gradually worse um and we had just started working and Mm -hmm. he's a kind of guy who he was always interested in what we were doing he gave us the first hundred pounds to start the band um or rather to make our first demos and and um from that day on he says he's until the end, he said he was still waiting to get paid back <laughs> with interest. Yeah, but, for sure. <laughs> but it um, didn't quite happen. Um, um, but um, so, you know, we were, we had just got started. And when I say we, I mean my songwriting partner, Charlie Burchill. Charlie and I grew up in the same street together, so he knew Dad. Yeah. And as we got older to Charlie, he wasn't just Dad, he was a friend and a bit of a mentor and all that. So um, this was going on and the one thing, the one thing dad was really keen on, cause he knew we were there to work. The one thing he was really keen on was the work continued. Um, he didn't just want everyone to sit around being freaked out and uh, he, want, he wanted the work to continue. So we did, you know, as I say we're only, I was only 15 minutes down the road and Charlie and I, we would work in the afternoon, and then I would go up and see him at night. Mum passed quite a few years previously, mm-hmm. um, and so those first few weeks, first musical so- ideas are coming up. At the same time, I'm thinking of lyrics, and and I just found out that the the, the words coming through me for what became the album open the vision thing. um i was writing it's a weird thing and the first verse i'm writing about that yeah um because he's such an influence on us and an influence on me but as i was in the house as well it gave me a chance to go a lot of as you do your parents house they'll get stuff and stuff up in the attic and junk you think you'll never look through and i went up one afternoon and the way parents are, you know, there was a lot of stuff up there that the early days of the band and magazines and cutouts and little, little scrapbooks, things that I would have thought I was too, too cool to care about (laughs) in in the past, but found myself really appreciating the fact they were there. So this song vision thing, it's got two verses. The first song is about dad and his influence and the second The second verse is me looking back at the younger me. So somewhere in there, there's this celebration of life. But certainly, going back to your original question, it set a kind of tone for some of the songs. And I have to explain to people thinking this, if I say, well, the opening song's about my dad who passed away during the, the record. The immediate thought, you would imagine some, forlorn ballads yeah uh, because you know some sentimental thing that wasn't that kind of guy he um the song really mirrors his spirit it's a really punchy song we're playing it live just now even though most of the people don't know what it's about they're jumping up and down to the rhythm of it yep. it, it it almost belies the subject matter which is um um, um it's a sweet spot to be i think where down below you feel all this joy but somewhere in the chords you can feel the sentimentality and and um we felt it was a great well it was it it was the first idea that came up and it was the gateway to the rest of the record
1: and i think that that's like one of the beauties of of a song like that is there's layers like initially you listen to it and it is so energetic and i can totally see it really resonating in a live setting um, but then as soon as you like take the time to maybe put on headphones and listen to it more closely and like dig into it, you're like, oh, there, are, there is more to it. Um, did you find that as you were writing and kind of experiencing the grieving process that your lyrics throughout this, were you challenged to find positivity or were you kind of thinking about things the way that your dad does, which I resonate with. I spent about four months in Scotland during like the heart of the pandemic oh wow how come my um wife is from um uh just north of liverpool and her mom a few years ago moved up uh, with a gentleman in um inverness and so we Where? were up there spending some time with them and and helping out while they were you know while things were locked down and we were going grocery mm-hmm. shopping and helping out
3: well the thing is is you've you've brought it up there i mean as we're starting the record the situation with dad comes to the forefront. And then a few months later pandemic. <laughs> this whole mind blowing science fiction. Yeah. Um what the hell turns up. And it's like um you know, I gonna say we found ourselves, the whole world found itself thinking, what is this? Yeah. Um and and um I mean thank God this is when you really appreciate having a, an art to throw yourself into, because you kind of, you can sort of escape the world for a bit when you've got an art, or yep. or when you've got intense work that's all encompassing. Um, but the way for us was to once the initial thing of you can't leave the house and all that stuff, we found a way. Charlie and I—I I mean, uh, of been able to get in a room together and it was just us, you know, it was this was in full bubble mode. And and um as I said the quote for me in the press release at the end is it, we we ended up trying to make a feel good record in the worst of times <laughs> Which I think is brilliant. It's such a nice juxtaposition. <laughs> because, you know, that's what it kinda was. I mean I've been very fortunate in my life I haven't had to live through any wars or 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 apocalyptic scenarios Mm -hmm. but but in our own way this certainly was a war it was a war of survival and a war of trying to keep your senses together and trying to keep your spirit up and and trying to keep healthy um so you know what a backdrop to be uh, what a backdrop to find yourself trying to be creative in or, or being creative
1: in Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. Song Facts Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, I've always wondered why when an athlete breaks a leg in the middle of a competition, they get all the sympathy and everyone's all worried about them. But if their mental health breaks down, that's not necessarily viewed in the same way. It's almost viewed as a weakness. But without a healthy mind, being truly happy... And being at peace, well, it's hard. And the good news is there's therapy out there and it actually works. So what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated and you need some tools to help. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship or at work. These are the things that therapy is there for. Whatever you need... It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about. And a special offer to SongFacts podcast listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com better, slash SongFacts. That's Better BetterHelp.com slash SongFacts. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast, and have a great day.
0: Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style, so if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's drizl dot com today.
1: I kind of want to um, go back a little bit now because what I didn't know is that you guys formed in like 1977, so you've been around for... My fast math isn't great, but fifty-five years and um, or forty-five years. Yep. And how you're about to release your 18th studio album, and I just when you sit here now and you look back at that, like, do you what do you attribute to that kind of longevity? Like, it's hard to make anything a marriage, a friendship, anything last that long. You've said that your childhood friends, since you guys were in 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 elementary school, have been writing together. Um, and still have this relationship and friendship like there's something to it because most people can't make things last this long So I'm wondering if you guys have put any thought into that
3: Well, there's many things to it, but the chief reason I give and I have to say when I give this reason People's immediate reaction and very kindly they say no, it's not just that you worked (laughs) hard You're talented, but I put it down to luck Yeah. Uh, Yeah, luck because think about it um not only were we lucky, Charlie and I, where we met each other in the street when we were kids, we knew we were, my mum didn't, my mum wanted to move into the area, my dad didn't want to go there. And my mum harangued him and he said, well, we'll go and have a look. And the kids, me and my brothers who were eight years old. We said, we love this place. And they said, great, dad, okay. So the first day we're moving in and it was you could call it in the states I think you call it a housing project we call it a housing scheme but it was a brand new and it was 1968 and it was new tower blocks and elevators and 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 we thought it was the greatest thing out but they were still building it when we moved in so the first as we're moving in Mum and dad said get out and play we're busy here you know they were moving the bits of furniture in and stuff yep. and the first we go down the bottom of the street and there's three or four kids playing on this it was essentially still a construction site three or four kids playing on this sand castle the kid at the top's name's charlie and uh he's already moved in two months and you know can we play as well yeah you can play um and charlie's been my best friend and 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 um songwriting partner ever since now is that not luck? I think that's luck, right there for a start. Now we can go on and on. What else is luck? Guess what? When we're sixteen, this thing called punk rock comes along. No one's ever, no one could see it coming. Before then, you couldn't. The idea of forming a band and putting out—I had more chance of being an astronaut. But, <laughs> but, but this thing came and suddenly, settled in a British context outside of for the first time ever things were decentralized people in manchester leeds liverpool kids were were thinking you know what we can give this a goal we can hustle together a bit of money do our own little independent records start our own independent magazines do our own little, little independent movies suddenly the keys to the madhouse were anyone could get up and give it a goal before punk rock That just wasn't on. So there's great luck there. Now, there's a million other examples, but I'll just go to one other thing. The fact that not only Charlie and I get to do this, uh, the Breakfast Club wasn't a bad bit of luck either. Uh, uh, um, You know, that was something that wasn't meant to happen. Bit of luck there. MTV, who could see that happening. (laughs) Luck. I mean, it's so luck. But I would say the, the other great piece of luck coming from us is that we're the type. We were born a type. Well, this life suited us. It doesn't suit everyone. We work with guys that after 10 years didn't want to do it anymore, or, 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 um, yeah, or, you know, some people are s- sprinters, other people are marathon men. Um, uh, um, this life suited us. We were born a type. And, and, um, so I think luck is the huge factor.
1: Yeah. Um- we're with Jim Kerr of Simple Minds the new album direction of the heart october 21st and you kind of cracked the door for on this a little bit and i i hate to like just beat a dead horse but i've got a i've got a question that i'm trying to ask that i'm hoping might be a little bit unique about the whole breakfast club situation and all of that because good I luck mean, yeah well i know it's been a long time but I, I i was like thinking about this yesterday and i just it was it's a really unique story because you guys typically didn't want to release a song that you didn't write. And then pretty much it sounded to me like John Hughes, you had to meet up with you guys and convince you that you were the people to do this. <laughs> Won't you come see
2: about me? And doubts,
3: everything inside and strange, and all of that is true i mean we we were young we were a bit bratish, uh um we were insecure hmm. we were loving what we were doing and thinking hang on a minute you want us in because you love us because we write these songs. Yeah. But you want us to do your song. And you guys were having success with your song, So you're like, why would we change this? We actually, with this new song up our sleeve called Alive and Kicking, and we thought, why would we do someone else's song? Mm -hmm. So before even, we weren't even willing to listen initially. We're like, no, we don't know other people's songs. End of story. Yeah. Um, And as you rightly say, um, of course, later on when it was explained, but the song is written to the script and every time they try to make it more amenable, it sounded worse because they would say, <laughs> and it sounds really like Simple Minds and we would be like infuriated. How dare you rip us off <laughs> and then try and sell us on an idea. I mean, and have I gone, no, 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 it's not, not like that. Um, um, but in the very end, when we met people like Keith Forsey, the producer yeah. and co-writer, and indeed John. We liked them so much that, and in certainly in Keith's case, he was pretty shrewd. He we like he said, you know, you know, why don't you, why don't we give it a little try, um, take an afternoon, um, if nothing happens, nothing happens, and then you've got everyone off your back. It didn't happen, yeah, um, and if it does happen, who knows? Well, who
1: knows turned out to be pretty good. Well, I'm wondering about that because it sounds like you guys went into the studio with, and maybe that relieves some of the pressure and like relates to the experience of the actual recording of the song. But I'm wondering if you can go back into that day a little bit. I mean, if you guys recorded this in just an afternoon or two or three hours from what I read, like, do you realize at the time, like, oh this is something, or is it just like going through the motions and being like, you know what, we'll do it for them. And then they'll get them get us off our back.
3: No, I mean that that's what we told ourselves prior to going in. But once we go in, we don't know how to do things by half measure. Yeah. Once okay. once you plug in, once stuff starts coming out of the speaker, the band wasn't fire. Anyway, anytime we just jammed, it sounded great. Yeah. Um, and so once plugged in, uh how about we try a different start uh, uh how about we do this down now? and oh that sounds pretty exciting and suddenly it was game on and 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 we weren't thinking about ourselves or we weren't thinking we're just thinking about what's coming out of the speaker and and um and every time someone done something that was cool that encouraged us more but you are right it was in fact the thing at the end, it was a thing we were starting to do a lot live. Break it down, and uh-huh. and all right, break it down. What are you going to sing? I don't know. I'll just do this la 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 thing, <laughs> and then I'll come in tomorrow with like really clever words, and <laughs> and and, um, <laughs> and they were like, once I've done it, like you're not going to any- anywhere tomorrow. It's finished, <laughs> and, and and um, but you know we were kind of um. We're kind of looking at each other, and when we're gone, it's good. This, isn't it? Hmm. And I guess you know that's the thing with music. It, it's you can analyse this, and you can come with an attitude of that. And bands are notorious for politics, and yeah. But once you start playing, and once something makes you feel good, or makes you feel whatever, um, um, and you like how it
1: makes you feel everything else goes out the window. That's all that counts. Yeah. And probably a unique time in your guys' career arc to have something like that happen because it maybe taught the lesson of like, oh, well, like we should, you know, not get closed off and like keep our egos at check a little bit, even though we're kind of on the up here because there might be opportunities that we don't see if our ego kind of gets in the way, which I think when a band is really like hitting that peak, it's probably really hard because you're like, we can't do any wrong right now. I, I mean, I, that all comes into it. Um, um, I think, I
3: think one of the problems with us, even when it started again, then it was a bigger problem once it started to get success. We thought we didn't even work for this. You know, <laughs> we just jumped down here for a couple of hours, and now it's number one in the building chart, the billboard charts which is nonsense yeah. because the sound we had honed for 10 years, the attitude, the spirit, it, we may have cut it in three hours, but it took 10, 12 years to have this thing, the sound of the band and yep. spirit of the band and all that. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty, it was a, calvinistic way of looking at it you know we don't deserve the success but there's this other thing that says don't like don't look a gift horse in the mouth <laughs> and, and, and um, you know take the break and and um, great and, and listen all those people as well who worked so hard for it in the record company and people who believed in it and the people at MTV who gave us a break and all that stuff yeah um, you know, we owe them
1: a ton yeah absolutely okay now let's let's jump back ahead. Thank you for scratching that itch for me um th- I'm, this is such an interesting thing to me because it seems like when you guys were in the doing your thing in like the late seventies, early eighties, when I listen to it, I hear a band that's kind of got their nose to the ground about technology, and then I read something about how you as as the world of the internet and stuff came of age, that you and your songwriting partner, Charlie, you guys could be in a room together writing songs or be on opposite ends of the earth writing songs together. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if technology has helped shape the sound of the band over time, or if um, or if it's not really anything that you guys have paid that much attention to. The technology has been fantastic. I mean, I, I, again, it's everything's a balance and you have to
3: find your way with within it but um especially the i mean charlie usually not the last few years but charlie usually goes to thailand the first three months uh of the year mm-hmm. get out of the winter and all that um but he has a setup in thailand and he takes his stuff with them and and there's nothing better i'll get up in the morning oh charlie sent an mp3 and you know, I will, I'll put it on and I'm very lucky in the sense that usually what he comes up with, sometimes the ideas are more formed than, than others. But for sure, there's always a really strong atmosphere that I identify with, I, I, an atmosphere in as much that I'm conscious of the melody, there has to be a good tune. Yeah. Um, but there's usually an atmosphere with it where I, and an emotion which i think oh i i know what this piece of music's about and i'll maybe have a lyric and i'll have a book of lyrical riffs and i'll try and match the atmosphere up of course eventually you got to work with words that'll you know scan and fit and rhyme and all that stuff yeah but um but that's just one one example we have to be in the room, though, to really close it off. You know, I can take it so far and then I can even sing. So I could sing just now on this thing, send it to him, and then he can work it up a level. But at a certain point, we need to go in the room together and and really um, kick the tires and finish it off. So technology is great that that way. Yeah. Um, um, absolutely. Uh, um and, and for that that matter the same we can have Cherie say, put on her drums in her, her studio in London and all that stuff. It's all great. But does it beat being in the room together? No, not not for certainly not in the backing track stage where you really want to get a great backing track or or indeed um, Charlie'll program drums and he'll have a feel, but he'll usually say, to "Sharice, can you do it like this? Now do it the way you would do it." And then we, you know, we think actually she's on to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so uh, the technology, the technology's been great, as it's great right now where you and I are speaking. I think this is this yeah. is this is really cool, and 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 um, much better than jumping on a plane and all around and doing that stuff which when i was 18
1: or 19 of course i would (laughs) love but um but this is pretty cool yeah i agree okay i've got one more question i I thank you for your time today um and it what it kind of you guys did this album in a strange way i mean obviously you were doing it during strange times but you were kind of bouncing around. And then eventually, it sounds like you landed at a uh, at a place that you're familiar with in Sicily. And um, I'm just wondering if writing and recording in that way, helped influence this album. And if so, like, can you name a a specific song that might have had an influence of where you guys were location wise?
3: Well, when I think of the album title direction of the heart, um, it's a weird thing of how we both, but primarily myself, because I've been there on and off for 20 years now, how we even ended up in Sicily. And that's a whole other story. Yeah. But, <laughs> but certainly when I look back, it there's no rhyme or reason or real logic. It was all instinct, and then you go down, and then you meet somebody, and then it leads to something else. And all of that is fate. But why hang in there? Because we found a place where we feel good and if you feel good in a place it's not so much that the songs we didn't write any songs about mount etna or we didn't write any songs about the ocean or that not this time um but we worked again in a time where you know in a god awful time we were actually in this kind of paradise in a sense and really feeling good, selfishly feeling good on a daily basis, getting up. Okay, sunshine and blue skies, food's not bad. Uh, uh, um, (laughs) Let's go to work, Uh, um, feeling good. And if you feel good, chances are, you know, your energy's at a max
1: and, All that can only be a positive. Yeah. Um, Once again, everyone, it's Direction of the Heart. It's Simple Minds. It's Mr. Jim Kerr. I appreciate you and your time so much. Thanks for continuing to write awesome music. I mean, it's been a bit of a gap. But like you said, I think one of the keys to you guys' longevity is over the last 20 years, it seems like you guys are like, you know what, we're going to get together. We're going to get creative. We're going to put something out. And then we're just going to let that kind of do its thing, and then we're going to do it every three or four years. And I think that that's—I don't know—you guys have earned that that um, that ability to be able to space it out like that. And as a as a person who's mm a fan, but obviously a younger fan. I just appreciate that you guys are still doing it. And hopefully you can get some some, American tune dates. We rely on on younger
3: fans. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'd love to have you guys come over
1: here. And um, I'd love to see it live because it's it's not something that I've uh, ever thought of seeing live. But man, it sounds like from what I've seen on YouTube, you guys are really bringing some energy. Yeah,
3: it's a live. I'm not afraid to see it live. It's been our main forte throughout. It's a hell of a band. And I can say that because I'm not a musician. It's a hell of a band. I mean, I know that you're not short of great bands in the States,
1: but we give anyone a game. Absolutely. Jim, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and hopefully um, we'll do a little bit to spread the word on this side of the pond, like I said at the beginning. All the best to you, Corey. Thanks so much. Huge thank you to Jim Kerr for coming on and chatting with me. All Things Simple Minds, the new album, coming out October 21st. Make sure you check it out. Also, get your Nick Mason tour tickets. That show's coming near you. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thanks so much. Bye now.